This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor, I just play doctor online. And uh, to start the show, I thought I'd uh, give you guys an update on what's going on with my mom. Uh, she's still alive. That's good. Uh, uh, if you recall, last week I told you about uh, she had some surgery. That was well, a couple of weeks ago now. And um, her recovery time took a little bit longer than she expected. Uh, and uh, she was in the hospital for a few days. They were her oxygen levels weren't coming up to where the hospital would have liked them, and she was having some difficulty getting around, getting out of bed, getting back into bed, that kind of stuff. And um, after a few days there, they decided that uh, let's put you in a transition care place, and that was that would have been Friday, uh, the week you know the week before last or the Friday before the last show I did. And she went in there, and uh, she was steadily improving through the whole thing. Uh, Amy and Hayden and I uh, went over on Sunday uh, to, you know, visit, see how she was doing, and she seemed to be doing better. Get a little help to get into the bed, get her legs up into the bed, that kind of thing. But she would get up, and she'd have her walker, and she'd zip around with that. And she's used a cane and a walker for a while now. And, uh, yeah, okay. Well, she's She was getting a little frustrated. She wanted to go home. But uh, they weren't quite you know the the the, the uh, transition care people weren't quite ready to allow her to leave. Well, then on uh, Tuesday this last week, uh, I took a couple hours off during the day. Told the boss I was just going to go over and see my mom, and I got over there. Dad's been there each day, just visit, staying with her for you know most of the day, and then he'll head home. And uh, he was there, and they were having lunch, and so I sat down with them and visited with them at the lunch table along with another fellow that was sitting there eating with them and uh, he was a uh, I don't know if he was in transition care or if he was a resident of the place because it's a senior care place as well uh, so anyway so um, uh, we went back to the room she, she seemed to be moving pretty good to me and she got in the bed she got her legs up in the bed on her own I thought, Man, that's good uh, at some point she needed to go to the bathroom so she got out of bed on her own went into the bathroom, did all that on her own, thankfully, and, uh, you know, came back out, and she was uh, about to sit, you know, well, she was sitting on the bed, and she was about to get herself situated again when another uh, physical therapist person came in and wanted to do a, an assessment with her. So I took that opportunity to head back to work. Got back to work, I don't know, quarter to two. Now, this is Tuesday. It was the past week. A little after two o'clock, I got a call from my dad. We're going home, bringing her home, and uh, 
and that was good. Now, the transition care people, they really wanted her to stay till Friday. But they weren't all that uh, concerned about her leaving early as well. I mean, they, it would really be better if you stayed till Friday, but Mom wanted out. I want out. <laughs> they told me that day, both my mom and my dad said, she's going home tomorrow. Come hook or crook or high water or whatever the phrases are. She's going home. Well, if it's a sneaker out of here <laughs> or what? <laughs> you know, well, she can't move too fast. There was something. So she's home and she said she had her best night's sleep in a week or more. And uh, and I don't I don't doubt it because, well, she got to sleep in her own bed. Which she gets in and out of fine. She, I went over to Wednesday night. She said, yep, it's working fine. And... Okay, so that's better. But, you know, she's 81 years old. Dad's going to be 83 next month. Astrologers, put your charts away. And, you know, our, the, my siblings and I, we've all been chatting through email saying, well, you know, the time's coming and they're going to have to do some thinking about things and we are too and maybe have somebody in to check the house to see if there are things that can be done to make it safer for... Um, keeping either of them from falling, that kind of thing. Uh, but, you know, my sister was saying that uh, ideally we want them to stay in their house as long as they can, as long as they can take care of themselves. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, my dad's mom lived to her into her 90s, early 90s or mid-90s. I'm not exactly certain which. Yeah, so my dad might. He's got the genes anyway. <laughs> he might be around. Um my mom has way outlived her mom. Uh, her mom, I think, died at 48 or something like that. She had emphysema, smoked. She had 48 kids. Well, 13, I think it was. Yeah, one set of twins, but that's a lot of kids. Or 12. I, yeah, we lose count. Um, so that's the deal. And, uh, yeah, that's, 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 that's what's going on there. And there was something funny. I don't know how funny this will come across, but it was a funny moment uh, when Amy and Hayden and I uh, went went to visit. We were uh, we stayed for I don't know, a couple hours, or whatever. We're gonna head home, and I've been I was doing a lot of the Purell thing. Now, not that I'm one of these hand sanitizer crazy people, but I don't want to get sick, and I don't want to get somebody there sick. So I was using the they got the hand sanitizers around, so I was making use of them. So when we left. And we're waiting for the elevator. Well, I actually hadn't even gotten to the elevator yet. I uh, did a little spritz of this foam sanitizer on my hands, and I'm rubbing them together with the sanitizer. Just kind of rubbing my hands together. And I looked down the hall, and one way, down the other way, and I meant to say, where are the elevators? What I said was, where are the nurses? <laughs> and... You know, and I'm rubbing my hands together like, you know, ha, 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 where are the nurses? You know, that kind of thing. But I didn't say it that way. But, you know, where are the nurses? And there, I think the reason I said nurses instead of elevators, other than my having problems with cows, I mean words, uh, is that as I was looking down the hall, there was a sign that says nurses station or something like that. And I, I saw that just as I was saying that sentence, and so it came out. But uh, it gave Amy and Hayden quite the crack up. Because it was just, you know, she said it was just so funny how I said it, rubbing my hands together. Where are the nurses? So <laughs> I get, I'll do that when I'm old and really old and 
And uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just old. Where are the nurses? <clears throat> anyway, so um, this show is going to go up uh, this Saturday before the biggest day of the year for Christians around the world. It's their biggest day, uh, that Sunday, biggest. Uh, April Fool's Day, of course. Wait a minute. <laughs> that's not. Yeah, that's that's not that's not right. Um, April Fool's Day. Well, that's you know, that's every day for Christians <laughs> and anybody who believes in any religion. <laughs> Ain't I a stinker? No, no, no. If you, I don't know. I don't know. They might be right, or the Muslims might be right, or the Hindus might be right. I don't know. I just don't believe there's any god or gods or anything like that you know you know i'm an atheist so i just made a little joke because easter that's the big day happens to fall on april fool's day that i don't think happens very often because it's it just doesn't uh the way they the way the catholics figure out when easter is going to be it's like you know the i don't know the fourth sunday after the second full moon of whatever month of the year that kind of thing i, I think they have some weird I don't know. I don't know how they come up with it, but they do. Of course, since it will be Easter this weekend, that also means one of the other very important things that takes place every year on Easter weekend, and that is, uh, I think ABC will show Cecil B. DeMille's The the Ten, the Ten Commandments. I'm trying to think what year it was from. Maybe uh, 1957, maybe, I think? Was that it? Ten Commandments, uh, starring Charlton Heston as Moses, or as he's called in the movie, Moses! Moses! I mean, I, barely anybody ever just says, hey, Moses. <laughs> it's almost always, Moses! Moses! Oh, God. <laughs> it's, the movie, it's beautiful. I mean, it looks great. It's a fantastic-looking film. Uh, and it's, it's a spectacle. It's epic. Uh, but it is, it is, I just, it's, it's so awful. <laughs> it's one of those, it's so awful, it's fun to watch because it's just so bad. It, it, the, everybody speaks in poetry. It, it's even, you know, the old guy in the mud pit doing the dance, you know, just stepping in the straw into the mud so they can make the bricks and talking to you know, Moses about the deliverer that's coming, and he just talks in poetry, right on up to the Pharaoh, who's presumably fairly well educated. The guy in the mud pit isn't, but they all talk like, you know, they all talk like Emily Dickinson or somebody. It's just, it's just flowery speech, and it's fun. Um, and it's, I, uh, anyway, so that's on. I might watch some of it. I, they stretch the damn thing out. The movie's like three and a half hours long, something like that. And they stretch the thing out to five hours. It'll come on at five o'clock and it'll get done at 10, or it'll come on at six and it'll be done at 11. I mean, they'll stretch that son of a bitch out <laughs> with the commercials and everything. It's, a, it's, a, it's an undertaking. But uh, you know, you know that Moses probably didn't exist and 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 you know that the exodus didn't actually happen and there's uh, probably uh, there probably weren't any hebrew slaves 
in Egypt at all. And uh, in fact, uh, some of the Hebrews that we know that were in Egypt at any time, uh, they had slaves. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's some of the stuff I've learned. So, and the Exodus didn't actually happen. I mean, if you have a multitude of people wandering around the Sinai Valley or wherever the hell they were uh, for 40 years, and they never left a trace? For Pete's sake, really? Not a trace? That's amazing. That's a miracle. It, it you know, it, it, it probably didn't ever happen. I was, I was uh, listening to uh, uh, Julia Sweeney's uh, "Letting Go of God," and she's, it's a, it's a uh, monologue that she does, talking about how she was raised Catholic and she went through a time where Cath, uh, Catholicism wasn't working for her and uh, you know she gives you know reasons and things that happened in her life and with her brother and you know, family stuff and all that and uh, she she goes on a spiritual journey looking into other things and one of which was uh, was Deepak Chopra which at some point she realized that Deepak Chopra was full of shit <laughs> that's great and then she you know she, she talks about talking to a priest a Catholic priest and and he tells her essentially that well the exodus story isn't true as in it happened but it's 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 truth in what the story tells us what in that you know it's, it didn't actually happen but you know <laughs> so yeah i well but still if you know that's a movie recommendation for you right there if you're if it's on saturday and the show came up well then you you've missed it but if it's on sunday and you listen to the show on uh, Dimland, I mean. Uh, then you know you got you've got your recommendation right there. But it, it is a, it, they do stretch it out. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. A couple weeks ago, in my three cool things that I end the show with, uh, if I come, can come up with cool, three cool things, uh, I, I mentioned there's a series that's on Netflix. I don't know if it's a Netflix-produced series, or I don't think it is, but uh, it's a series of six episodes, and it's called History's Greatest Hoaxes. Uh, and I, I mentioned it in the cool things, and then last week I was going to talk about the series a little more, but I didn't get, have time. I, I just kind of ran out of time rambling about something else. And uh, I wanted to touch on the series just a little bit more. A couple of things I noticed, and... Um, you know, it's just thought that I thought were interesting and and what was uh, cool about it, why it gets in the the uh, the three cool things because, um, well, for the most part, and I think I did mention this when I talked about it a couple weeks ago, is that the science and scientists and skeptics get the lion's share of the time on the show. And that's not how it goes with all the mystery mongering shows that are out there on all the cable channels. They got mystery mystery mongering shows, haunted this, and and monsters that, and all the, the and when they bring in the skeptic or the scientist and or I should say um, when they bring them in, they get a few seconds in an hour, maybe a minute, and that's it. And it's just they get that token. You know, hey, well, we gave some balance. <laughs> no, you didn't. Um, and, and, and the skeptics aren't shown in the most 
favorable way. They're cut, you know, whatever they said is cut just right, edited just right to give them maybe a little bit of a condescending kind of tone or whatever that. What they're just to not give as much weight to to this to the skeptic, and they don't give them enough time and they don't give them enough weight. They they make it look like the guy's a real jerk or gal. And uh, this series is, however, like as I said, it's different. Now they do have people that uh, uh, are involved in the hoax or those that might be more of the mindset to fall for this kind of thing. They let them talk about it, uh, but you know, But the overall idea is these six shows with their six topics. Uh, are all hoaxes. These are hoaxes. There's not, there's no wiggling out on this series. There's no make up your own mind kind of bullshit at the end. And uh, see, so the six topics that they that they cover: Hitler's diaries, the Loch Ness monster, which which is that one right there. Loch Ness monster. I mean, that they actually come out and say that's a hoax or really weigh it to be in a hoax. Uh, especially that photograph that that came out in 1934, just a year after King Kong was in the movie theaters, and there were certain dinosaur-type creatures in there that look a little bit like the creature that's in the surgeon's photo. You know the one. That's the most famous picture of the Loch Ness Monster. And years later, one of the people involved in, in taking that picture said, yeah, we, we made something with a little toy submarine thing and a and some clay we fashioned a monster out of that, and it's, it's a hoax. Of course, people who believe will think that person is just making that up, is lying. So, you can't win. With the conspiracy theorists, they'll hold on to it. They don't care. Evidence to the contrary is evidence for it. That's how they look at it. Uh, the other ones, um, the alien autopsy, the War of the Worlds broadcast, uh, the radio broadcast, uh, that Orson Welles did, and let's see, Piltdown Man and Papillon. Now, Papillon, it, it was a great movie, 1973, I think, with Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman. It's about a guy, French dude, that ends up in prison, wrongly accused of murder, and uh, he goes to this terrible prison system that the French had back in whatever, this is the early 20th century. Terrible prison system um, in uh, French Guyana, over there in in South America, and it's, it shows that, and it's a really good movie. And the book, is, what they say is that the fellow who wrote the book is saying this happened to me, and they're saying, well, we don't think so. <laughs> we think that maybe some stuff happened to you, but some of this stuff has probably happened to other people, and he's just conglomerating all the stories into his story. Um, the Piltdown Man was supposedly this missing link, for lack of a better term, uh, between you know early human primates and humans, and it was found in England, and uh, so and it was found to be a hoax. It was some guy had put together this thing, and the scientists were never actually shown the actual bones; they were just shown the 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 uh, uh, the mold that was made of them so they couldn't really see it took took decades before they could confirm that this was a hoax um let's see what are the other two the, okay the alien autopsy the audaciousness of that one is they have 
people in there that produced that video that, that aired on Fox in the 90s of this alien autopsy. The audaciousness of it is when they first presented this, it was, this is footage of an autopsy done in 1947. And they tried to authenticate it by giving a bit of film that that this film came from to be you know examined and you know it's just, they said well I don't know if they gave it to Kodak or whoever they gave it to they said well yeah the film does you know seem to be from 1947 it seems of the right kind but you're giving us the lead part of the film which means that that part with the the countdown numbers and all that it doesn't have any images of the autopsy. So, no, we're not going to say this is authentic. This little piece is, but we can't authenticate the film. And then, over time, when it begins to be shown that this is probably a hoax, the guys that produced it were saying, well, well, we recreated the actual film. The actual film has disappeared, and about, except for about five or six frames, which are part of this film that we recreated. Okay. All right, <laughs> sure. Uh, the War of the Worlds, the War of the Worlds uh, is, is essentially about the hoax, not about the radio program, but the hoax was that the newspapers tried to get people to believe that there was a massive panic caused by the by the radio show, and there really wasn't. There was some people got a little worried. A lot of phone calls came into the radio station because they didn't tune in at the beginning of the show and didn't realize it was a radio play because it was done in such a way to seem like these are radio reports, you know, interrupting some musical show. You know, it's just a, you know, instrumental, you know, orchestra playing. And then people didn't realize that it was a play. Uh, so until it gets to the second half and then it's obvious it's a play because it's, just Orson Welles talking at that point. And, and let's see, um, Hitler's diaries, uh, they do talk about how that was forged and all that. And there was one thing I noticed about that. And it was that um, the cover of the diaries had embossed the you know, Hitler's initials in the lower right-hand corner. And I kept looking at them. They were done in this old-style, gothic, uh, old English, flourishy typeface. You know what it looks like. Or I think you might. You know, it's, it's real gothic, real... It's a lot of times they would use uh, a letter from that sort of font. It would be the first letter of a chapter. It would be really, really big in a book. And then the rest of the letters would be Times New Roman or whatever. You know what I mean? Anyway, so they were in that sort of font. And... I kept looking at it and thinking, isn't it, like, wait a minute, Hitler's initials are A-H, aren't they? Adolf Hitler? It's A-H. And then, you know, I kept looking at him, though, and I thought, I swear, that's an F. That's not an A, that's an F. And later in the show, they say, they sh it should have been spotted right away. The guy who forged these used the wrong letter in the initials. He used an F, not an A. And I said, ha ah, ha, huh? yeah, I'm pretty good. And you know what else I am? Well, I don't know if I am a break, but I'm going to take one. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, I'll be back after this break.
Let him succeed. Get him succeed. Get him succeed. Wake up. Listen to Z Talk Radio. On ZTalkRadio.com. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jen, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Okay, I have something here. It's it's an EVP. I'm telling you, it's really something. Um, I need to call it up. I got to tell you, this is uh, really shaking me. I need to play it for you. And uh, well, I won't. Uh, I won't prejudice your mind as to what you're going to hear. I won't prime the pump. Just have a listen. Get out! Did you hear it? Did you hear it? I, I, I think that was clear as day. I heard... Well, I don't understand it, but it's, I heard bread trout. Clear as day. Creepy. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. If you don't clean up your room, the Board of Health is going to condemn it. The Board of Health doesn't even know about your room. What's more, they don't care. You know, if you keep making that face, it's going to freeze that way. Not unless you're someplace really, really cold. Actually, a lot of the warnings moms hand out are a bit exaggerated. If you don't get your blood pressure checked, you could have high blood pressure, not even know it, and you could die from a stroke. But she's right about that one. Fact is, high blood pressure contributes to 200,000 American deaths each year. And a third of those who have high blood pressure don't know it. If they did, it'd be simple to treat. Call the American Heart Association at 1-800-AHA-USA-1 or visit AmericanHeart.org on the web to learn more. Better still, ask your doctor to check your blood pressure. If you run with those scissors... It's the least you can do. Station identification. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Operating frequency on ztalkradio.com. Welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. Uh, before I leave the topic of history's greatest hoaxes, uh, which you should check out, it's streaming on Netflix, not for free. You need to pay for a membership on Netflix, otherwise you won't be able to see it through Netflix. 
See, that's why it bothers me whenever I hear people say, you can stream it for free on Netflix. No, you can't. You have to pay Netflix to be able to watch stuff on Netflix. So it's not free. It could be really cheap. You watch show after show after show after show. Well, you know, you average that out over what you pay. You might be paying pennies per show, but you're still paying. Okay? So stop calling it free. Anyway, <clears throat> but that's not my pedantic moment. That's coming. I got one. And if I hit the right buttons, everything will work. But um, before I leave this, uh, if this was one of those mystery-mongering type series, uh, as I said, the skeptics wouldn't give much of a say. And, uh, but it should also be noted, it probably wouldn't be called History's Greatest Hoaxes. It would be called History's Greatest Mysteries. And that's why they're mystery-mongering. They don't want to solve the mystery. They want to just keep it going, make it tantalizing. And, oh, it could be this. Ooh, science can't explain it. Well, it can, but we're just going to ignore that. We'll just have some guy and we'll just end up dismissing him. So what? We'll keep the mystery because it's so much better for ratings. I don't know, man. I wish we could figure out a way to really have these shows. I mean, what was it? Uh, uh, the Mythbusters. At least that was a show that, I mean, that caught on where they may not have been doing great science or, you know, I mean, they weren't doing the kind of experiment after, you know, repeat, 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 repeat in order to really make sure that they are getting proper results. But they controlled for things, they figured things out, they used science as best they could and what they were doing. And that's great. And it got people to watch. And yeah, there's been shows... They've tried to do shows. Some of the more prominent skeptics uh, that uh, around the skeptic movement have tried to do more prominent sh uh, shows on television to try to pitch these things. And the network's just, well, you know, no. They like people, audiences like the mysteries. They don't want the answers. They don't want to find out what things really are. They want a mystery when it comes to ghosts. <sighs> or when it comes to aliens building our pyramids. They don't want to know how things are done. Well, I hope the TV producers are wrong, but it does sure seem that way, doesn't it, sometimes? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I noticed one <laughs> something about uh, the um, about one of the history's greatest hoaxes that uh, prompted one of these. Time for another Dimland Radio pedantic moment. What did they get wrong this time, Dim? Well, I'll tell you what they got wrong. So I was watching the um, the one that was about the world, uh, uh, the War of the Worlds radio broadcast from uh, 1938. A young Orson Welles. He was 23. And you listen to that, and you can find it. You can go on YouTube and look it up, and you'll find the audio. It's a 
it's it's 1938. It's pretty well done. And you listen to Orson Welles' voice. He does not sound like a 23-year-old. It sounds like a guy in his 40s or something. I mean, because he, he had a tremendous voice. And he, you know, so when they did this installment on, on the great hoax shows, they would have reenactments. And so they get these actors in there, and it's in black and white, and and they have them, you know, they weren't done expensively; <laughs> they were done on the cheap. Uh, they didn't have, them, you know, this, I, they had a, this set that they were on was really dark in the background, so they didn't really have to worry about making it look like it's an actual radio studio. But they have the people standing at microphones, and they got the scripts in their hands or on a on a on a music stand, kind of. Thing, and they've got some dude doing little sound effect stuff, and you know, so they have these people acting out the characters, the, the people that were involved in that show, and there's and it's over dramatic, <laughs> and <laughs> the guy who plays Orson Welles is particularly over dramatic. You know, a lot of eye flaring and wild eyed looking things and gestures and his hairs making his hair flop and all that, which may have been what Orson Welles did, I don't know. But it just it was it was a little fun to see that happen. And and then what they would do while these guys were acting it out, would they would play the actual audio from the broadcast. So and they would it wouldn't always sync up because they, they, they would their mouths would be obscured by the microphone or they'd be moving or you, you wouldn't actually I don't think they went through the trouble of actually syncing up each moment to what the audio was going to be they were just doing these things and the the pedantic moment of it is and, and I'm sure people who know a bit more about radio broadcast stuff would probably look and say those microphones weren't used in 1938 you know I bet you they would. There would be pedants out there that would realize that there's even more wrong about that. That, that, that pair of pants that guy's wearing there isn't. You know, I'm not that far gone, but I'm far gone enough to have noticed that um, more than one of the people in there have pens in their hands. They, you see them, you know, writing something down with a pen, using a pen just to to point. At their scripts, you know the lines in their script to follow along, uh, to you know just have it uh, an object in their hand. You know sometimes it's easier to act with uh, with something in your hands. Have your hands have something to do. I'm holding a pen right now, and in fact, I'm holding the same kind of pen they were holding in the reenactments. And I looked at that. And I said, "Hang on." <laughs> Wait a minute. Those pens are Bic crystal ballpoint pens. And I thought, I'm not sure Bic crystal pens were around in 1938. So I did a quick Google, clickety-clickety-click, and I found out that, in fact, <laughs> they were not. The broadcast was uh, put on the air live on uh, October 30th, 1938. The Bic crystal pen, now that's that with the clear plastic uh, 
casing uh, with a little tube of ink inside, and it's got the it's got the the, the the pointy cap with the little spear that comes off that you can you know help hold it in your pocket or you know the, you know what I mean and it's got the the flat sides around it's, is it an octagon is that what it is is it how many sides yeah it looks like eight sides uh, it's that kind of pen uh, that sort of pen the big crystal pen was introduced to the market in 1950. 12 years after that broadcast. So, let's <laughs> see, I noticed that. And, you know, because, well, like, as I said, somebody who knows old time radio show stuff might look at the equipment that was brought in and say, no, that's, that's not the right kind of microphone and they wouldn't be doing it. But, um, you know, that, that's not my expertise. My expertise, though, are these pens. I use these pens when I draw. I do portraits with them. I draw my sketches out uh, when I'm trying to figure out, you know, what kind of a cartoon illustration I'm doing. You know, do thumbnail sketches with these. Uh, I started using them, I think, in art school, and it just, just I just like it. I like how they work, and I like the Bic crystal. My wife bought me a set of pens. Uh, they're cheap. It's cool. I like the medium tip black ink of course uh, my wife got me a set of paper mate and I tried them out and I wasn't happy with how they worked just I said nah hon you know I like the Bic crystal I like these and I joined these are the ones I like so I have a whole bunch of these <laughs> um, and it's you know they're great as far as I'm concerned for what I do uh, if you look at my portraits you might be amazed that I can draw black and white portraits so well with just a with this with just this Bic pen but I do. But speaking, and speaking of doing portraits and being an artist and all that kind of stuff, <clears throat> I spotted this on the internets. How's my time going? Oh, we've got a couple minutes. Uh, I spotted this on the internets where uh, artisans, craftspeople, artists, freelancers, designers, you know, th these types of folks. Um, will get approached to do work and sometimes <laughs> sometimes the people aren't um, will uh, aren't understanding of how how much that uh, freelancers work work and time is worth and uh, I'll get into it uh, when I come back from this break I know I I went long in the last segment, so I'll, I'm going to this break a little quicker. So uh, I'll I'll get into it when I come back from the break. You're listening to Dimland Radio at ctalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'll return after this break. radio possible. We will test your senses with innovative and entertaining radio programming. Honest, informative, inspirational, and on occasion, controversial. 
Our listening audience will also have the opportunity to interact with the show hosts and guests through live chat and call-in capabilities. You can't be left out of the loop. Tune into all our live shows once, and you'll never turn your computer off again. Z-Talk Radio on your computer dial. Your healthy addiction. Your assignment is to listen to Buzz on Monday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Central on ztalkradio.com. This message will self-destruct. When, oh when, will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. On the go and missing another one of your favorite Z-Talk shows? Now you don't have to. Simply go to the Google Play Store on your Android phone and download the Z-Talk Radio app. The best part is, it's absolutely free. That's Z-Talk Radio. Only found in your Google Play Store on your Android phone. Download it today. We'll all be hornswoggled. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. You don't say. Oh, what? You think you went off to college or something? Something. On ztalkradio.com. It's art school. That's the most amazing thing since Grandma survived the outhouse incident. Pretty amazing. Welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network and ZTalkRadio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Okay, I, I spotted this on the internet. Um, I, I will link to it on the show notes. You can get there by going to Dimland.com and clicking on the blog option. Uh, remember, you can subscribe to this on iTunes or follow me on Podbean or do both. Uh, you And you could recommend this to somebody. Try to build my audience out there. It's... it's uh, it's 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 a it's an exclusive audience. How about we put it that way? It's very exclusive, but I'd like to expand it if we if I could. It'd be nice. Anyway, and if you do like the show, leave a nice review and five stars on the iTunes. That'll that'll help me out. I think I still have just the uh, the two ratings on there and uh, reviews. So uh, anyway, uh, and thanks to those who have, have done that. Okay, so this is a conversation that went that took place over Instagram. I guess that's one of the social media platforms. I don't know what it is. Uh, there's a person that does crocheting. It's their hobby, and I guess they they post uh, images of things that they've crocheted. And I and this person is probably pretty good. Uh, at least that's the impression I get. <clears throat> Didn't see any of their work, but here. So we'll have the the client. He will sound like this, and the the craftsperson will sound like this, okay? <laughs> Just so you can follow along. Uh, <clears throat> now I'm going to read this, and I'll do the best I can. So bear with me if I trip over a couple things. I'm not... Just bear with me. Here we go. Sit back and enjoy. 
Hey, your blankets are amazing. Do you do commissions? Now that post went up and it apparently took a couple few days before there was any response. Uh, and the response was, Hi, sorry, I've been out of town with my fiancé. Haven't been on Instagram much. Well, that's not a very good business practice. I beg your pardon? Not responding to potential clients. I'm sorry, as I said, I was out of town with my fiancé. Is there something I can do for you? Yes. Uh, commission, that's why I messaged you in the first place. I want a blanket in a Catherine's wheel stitch. You know what that is, right? Uh, light gray, light blue, and cream. Oh, and I would like it made out of uh, natural fiber, like wool or alpaca. None of that acrylic shit. What size? I'm going to need to know what type of fiber you want because there's a big difference, uh, uh, cost difference, in wool, alpaca, and the acrylic shit. Wool. And it's going to be a blanket for the couch, so it needs to be big enough for two people to be under, so let's say, six feet, seven inches. Six feet by, <laughs> six feet by seven feet, sorry. Six feet, seven inches. That's how tall it's going to be. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> sorry, back to the... So, you want basically a queen-size blanket. Are you wanting thick or regular yarn? Uh, regular? I don't want it super bulky. Okay, I can make the blanket for $400. I require 50% up front and the other 50% upon completion. It will probably take me three to four weeks to complete. Are you for real? Yeah. That is an insane amount of money for an effing blanket. I can literally go to Walmart and get a blanket for $15. Then go to Walmart and get a blanket. Seriously? Uh, how the F do you get at that price for a blanket? You want a blanket that is 100% wool, not acrylic or anything artificial. A blanket the size you want is going to require roughly 4,200 yards of yarn which would require me to buy 20 skeins of wool. The wool is $8 per skein. Well, that would come up to $160 then, not $400. Plus, craft stores are always having sales. You could probably get the yarn for a lot less. The other $240 is for my time. That's insane. You're charging way too much. You want a wool blanket that is essentially queen size made of wool. You want a complex stitch that works up extremely slowly. A blanket as large as you are requesting in such a slow stitch will take me 120 to 150 hours. You're telling me that charging less than $2 an hour is charging way too much? Other crocheters can make it for so much cheaper then have it made by other crocheters. You are insane. I can't believe you think $400 is a fair price. I need this blanket made. It's for my girlfriend. She's super ill, and I want her to have something nice. That's unfortunate, but it's still going to cost you $400. You're insane. You should give me a friends and family discount or something, since you took forever to respond to me. I charge my friends and family more. I'll tell you what. Here's what we're going to do. You make the blanket. Get the yarn on sale. On sale only. When it's completed, I will pay you. But only when it's completed, I'll give you $70, which is more than generous. 
No, you will pay me $200 up front and $200 upon completion. Then you will pay shipping. Why the F should I pay half up front? Because if you back out, I'm not out $160. I'm not out $160 in the hole on yarn. It's a not exactly written very well, but you know it's Instagram. You know people don't necessarily check their editing. So what he's saying is he doesn't want to end up $160 in the hole should the guy flake on him. No, you're going to buy the yarn on sale. Of course I'm going to buy the yarn on sale, but I'm still going to charge you full price. You're insane. I gave you a really generous offer. I'm going to report you. I'm going to make sure everyone knows you're a scam. You are charging way too much. Way too much. Oh, no. Nobody will ever ask me to do a commission again. I Don't do that. I'm begging you. You're going to go out of business. Oh, my gosh. You don't believe me? No. Oh, no, I do. I just don't care. F you. I will destroy your business. Dude, I don't have a business. I'm an effing flight instructor. Crochet is just my hobby. I take commissions on occasion, but I don't do crochet for an income. I don't even really want commissions that much. So if you want the damn blanket, then that's what I'm charging. F you. Then you should do it for free. You don't need the money. Tell you what. I'll do it for five, $800. Uh, I stepped on the last line. I'll do it for $800. That's a brilliant end, though. Tell you what, I'll do it for $800. Now, that is something. It's like, what is it that you don't get about this? What is it that you don't understand that, you know, there's there's things cost something? I mean, the guy lays it out to the, the, the man or woman who's doing the crocheting. says, I'm going to do 120 to 150 hours worth of work on this thing. That works up to less than $2 an hour. And at $800, it's less than $4 an hour. It's still way under the minimum wage. And this person's like, they just don't get it. They just don't get it. Now, I do art. I do portraits. I do cartooning, uh, illustrations, stuff like that. I don't do a lot of it. I don't get a lot of money out of it. it it's just, I don't. But um, I, I'll do stuff for myself. And here's the thing. Here's the here's the weird thing. Now I'll do a portrait for somebody, about an eight by ten portrait, black and white. I'll do it for two hundred fifty bucks, uh, unless it's super complex. Then I might charge a little more. But if it's a fairly straightforward, I'll do it for two hundred fifty bucks. Bigger is going to cost more. It's going to take more time. It's going to cost more. And I work from photographs. Uh, I can work from somebody sitting there, but you know, it's it's not very convenient. It's not very easy. Photographs is just a little just. They're just, they don't move. <laughs> Once the pose is there, the pose is there. And so I'll do that. And if somebody has, uh, there's an art project I did, I told you about it a couple weeks ago. person asked for me to do an illustration of a comic book character. Uh, when I told him the price, he didn't bat an eye. He's the ideal client. He says, that sounds fair. Boom. It got done. He paid me. He even paid for shipping, and I didn't even ask for it. He found out, you know, I told him, you know, it's a, he's, I think he asked, how much the shipping was? And I said, well, it's not much. It's less than seven bucks. He threw on an extra seven bucks. He, th he didn't have to. 
So, you know, and he was, that was great. Now, that's, that's, that's what you'd like to get. But I have a friend who does illustration work and does web designs and logo designs and, and, and book cover designs. And he's just, he's a fantastic illustrator and cartoonist. And, and just, he, he, he just put up some sketches of something, uh, of some characters. And I just look at him, man, I just love the way you draw. <laughs> he's just really good. He's really, really good. And he's quick, too. And he's just super creative and all that. And he's had it happen where somebody said, that uh, they wanted a series of illustrations done, and and he gives them a price, and they say, "What? Well, that's way out of my budget. I only have this much, and and it's which works out to like five bucks an illustration." And that's what the guy, that's what my friend tells the guy. So that works. That's five bucks an illustration. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, here, let me show you what five bucks an illustration gets. And he did a stick drawing, a stick figure drawing, and he sent that off to him. Here, this is what a five dollar illustration gets you. Five dollars per illustration gets you. There are illustration sweatshops out in the Philippines or something that you can send away to get illustrations done, and they do them for dirt cheap, dirt cheap. And they might be pretty good. I don't know, but it, it's just cheap as all hell. And it's just, it's just, you know, whatever. So, but I'll tell you one thing. There's something a little odd about artists, at least about me. <laughs> well, not just there's lots of things odd about me, but I'll I'll be inspired to draw something. I'll be inspired. Somebody will post uh, an image, and you know, uh, in fact, there's a portrait that I've been working on or not been working on for a long time now. Uh, it was a Facebook friend put up a a, a selfie that he did. And I loved it. And I thought, this is great. I loved his, his expression on his face, the com composition of the photograph. I thought it was great. And I, and I sent him a private message saying, please say I can draw this. Can I draw this? I'll send you the original. You get to keep the original. I'll make a copy of it. But, you know, um, you know, please say that I can draw this. And he said, sure, no problem. So I've been working on it off and on over the last, actually, a couple of years, I think, now. <laughs> but it's, it, you know, because I was inspired to draw it. Now, I'm going to charge him 250 bucks. This is just something I'm doing because I want to. So, um, he's, you know, so, so when I'm finally done with it, <laughs> I send him a message saying, hey, uh, I need an address for you because I got something to send to you. It's not a bomb. <laughs> I'll be interested in seeing what he, how his reaction to it uh, is, uh, what his reaction is is anyway um and so so folks you know do you have to understand you when i've seen uh, an illustration a, a cartoon done where um some you know business dude is uh having a designer design a logo and it just and the designer sits down and does a little couple things it doesn't take all that much time is and 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 then when he gives them the price you know with just the just the just this thumbnail sketch of what the thing might be and he says well you know gives him a price says, but you didn't take any time he says yeah well you're not you're not just paying me for the couple hours i worked on this this design it's there's i spent years learning how to do this <laughs> i went to you know schools and and I've, I've i've learned the latest programs and i've you know and i've worked on my skills and you know i i have a certain set of skills and I will hunt you down. And oh no, uh, you know you're paying for that. You're not. It's not everybody can do this. And if you find somebody to do it for dirt cheap, well then okay. And that's part of the problem uh, with freelance. It's really tough because uh, so many people find kids just coming out of school that'll work a lot cheaper. Uh, it's just. It's just. Uh, it's. It's kind of rough out there. But. Um, it's, it's so if you're just you know if you're if you're doing some work um, 
you know, uh, do us a favor. <laughs> if you're having uh, some, you know, photographer do something or designers do something, illustrators, cartoonists, etc., you know, do them a favor. Be willing to pay and don't ever, don't ever, ever utter the words. Do it for the exposure. You'll get some great exposure. Oh, don't. Pay them. Pay them what they're worth. Pay them what the job is. And don't give us this exposure bullshit. Give us the money. <laughs> uh, I have three cool things to go over with you. Um, first, uh, number three of the cool things. Am I... Okay. Number three of the cool things is my wife dug out this picture of me. I, I was thinking about it, and uh, if you're a Facebook friend of mine, you've seen it on the on the Facebook. Uh, it's a picture of me at age two, looking uh, like a little two-year-old, with his hero, uh, Casey Jones. Casey Jones was a character played by Roger Awesome. I think that's how you say his name, uh, who was a TV guy in, in the uh, Twin Cities uh, in the Minnesota market. Um, he did this afternoon show called Lunch with Casey, and he'd show cartoons, and they'd put on skits and all that, and he and uh, his, his uh, sidekick, uh, Roundhouse Rodney. There was a guy earlier on, but, uh, but Roundhouse Rodney was the longtime one, and he was, that fellow was played by Lynn Dwyer, and the two of them would do these skits and fun things, and, and it was wonderful. It was a wonderful show, and I'm, there's a picture of me with him, and both, I think both of the, of the fellows in this picture are cute as a button. And uh, uh, I'm holding, well, it looks like Casey's holding a cell phone. This is 1967, this picture's from. He's not holding a cell phone, but you could say, well, has he got a cell phone? That's, uh, oh, he must be a time traveler, not just a train driver, <laughs> an engineer. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a time traveler. He's got a cell phone. No, it's a stack of uh, autographed pictures of, of him. And I'm holding one in my hand there. I don't know whatever happened to that. It's, that's been lost to time. Uh, that's 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 number three for the cool things. Number two is um, there's an excellent 360 degree panoramic photo that you can check out. I'll try to link to it. Uh, it's of the surface of Mars. One of the one of the uh, robots that's up on Mars has taken this picture, and you can you can spin it around. You can look around, look up and down, and kind of go around. So you can look at the machine that took the picture, and you can look around and see the the the, the landscape of Mars. Oh God, it's so awesome that we human beings have been able to be smart enough to put something on Mars, and just take pictures of it. That's it. Uh, and number one, it's kind of related to space travel, but it's actually uh, Amy showed me this video. It's about a 10 minute long video that uh, shows uh, it's sort of a, 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 um, an encapsulation, a time lapse of the universe from the Big Bang up to, up to today. And the, the human part of it is a fraction of a second at the end of that 10 minutes. That's how, that's how little time we've been here. And to think that the whole universe was made for us, and we've only been here for like that little tiny little speck. It took 13.8 billion years for us to get here, and it was made for us? What? That don't make no sense. That's just stupid. Well, I don't know if stupid's the right thing to say, especially on a weekend when people will be will be fooled on the sun. No, I, Good night. Oh, thank goodness. Good night, Frau Blucher. Well, I've made it. I've made it to the end of another show. Um, happy Easter to those of you who celebrate it. That's that's fine. If people have been saying Happy Easter to me, and I just say it back. I say thanks. Happy Easter. I don't get you know, whatever. I'm not going to get into conversation with you. 
you know, happy April Fool's Day too. Uh, and uh, be skeptical and uh, extraordinary cra- claims uh, require extraordinary evidence. You've been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio, uh, on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. And I'm Jim Dr. Dim saying, sleep with the lights off. Whew. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. You see, I, I almost talked over that little bit there that's that's pre-recorded and uh that's why I quickly had to say sleep with the lights off you know <laughs> sorry that's a little behind the scenes for you anyway see you next week has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Bonjour, Monsieur Dim. You are too clever for us naughty people. My life, you're clever, Dim. You've certainly taken me in. Well, well I'm, I'm going, going to hell. To hell.